Welcome to this Market Commentator podcast. It's my weekly podcast where I speak to leading investment professionals. My name is Raik van die Kerk and my guest today is Piet Viljoen. He is a director of CounterPoint Asset Management, which merged with uh, RECM in March this year. Piet, thank you for joining me. We are in the midst of an international crash of equity markets. There's a lot of uncertainty going on. How do you interpret what is uh, currently going on? Hello, Ray. We interpret with difficulty. It's very hard to make sense what's going on on a day-to-day basis with massive swings in the market up and down. I mean, today the market's up 6 or 7%. Yesterday it was down. You know, it's all over the show. So it's very hard to make short-term predictions or conclusions about what is going on. I think if one takes a step back and you look at the bigger picture, I think what's happening is that a lot of companies have taken on, and I'm talking globally now, not specifically South Africa, a lot of companies have taken on a lot of debt because interest rates are very low and and this has led to a very fragile investment landscape. And now it's taken something out of left field, which nobody could have predicted, the coronavirus, to sort of give this fragile structure a nudge and some of the pieces are starting to fall over. And it's something we've been worried about for a long time. Now it is happening. Do you think many asset managers foresaw what is happening? Do you think it's time for asset managers to actually shine in in comparison to, say, passive funds? Because that's the big argument of many asset managers. They will be able to protect capital during a time of a a crash. To protect capital during a crash like this would be very, very hard. But to lose a lot less than the market, that should be the job of an active fund manager. And some people have, some fund managers have been able to do that, not all of them. Because you must remember that many, many fund managers have faced huge pressure from their clients to be fully invested in the index stocks at all times. Because the market has been going up for 10 years, basically, and again, globally. So that pressure has been brought to bear on many asset managers. So they've been tracking the index or trying to beat the index, being fully invested the whole time as a result of client pressure, fee pressure, all those sort of things. But I think now is the time that active managers should stand up and be counted and possibly not in the middle of a crash protect capital, but you need to be losing a lot less than the broad market. Well, there seems to be an interesting trend as well, and that is that many investors are fleeing to the dollar as a a type of a safe haven. And this has had a, a significant impact on many emerging markets, especially South Africa. We've seen the RAND really depreciate sharply. Does this change a international dynamic? Do you think this is a long-term trend? How do you see it? I think one has to, as you point out, uh, differentiate between short-term and long-term. Right now, short-term, people are pulling in risk. They're panicking and they're going back to the safe haven currency, the dollar. So the RAND has depreciated, but if one takes a look over the past three and five years, the RAND is exactly where it was against the Aussie dollar, against the British pound, against the euro. So the RAND has not depreciated against those currencies at all over the past five years. It's held stable. All currencies have depreciated against the dollar. The dollar has been massively strong and arguably has become massively overvalued. But in the short term, you know, the market runs back to so-called safe haven. Longer term, we're negative on the dollar. We think the dollar is overvalued. And additionally, I'm not sure that the U.S. is dealing with the effects of the coronavirus as well as some other parts of the world. So that adds another overlay on the longer term view. And a third 
overlay is that I think there's a lot of leverage in the U.S. system, and I think the credit markets there are under tremendous pressure. So we'll see how this pans out. Short term, you know, people panic into the dollar. Longer term, I'm not sure that is the right place to be. So what are you doing currently in this market to try and mitigate those risks uh, you've just highlighted? Well, right now, it's too late to do anything. We came into this holding significant amounts of cash in all our funds. We were very conservatively positioned, and we had been criticized for that for the first few months of the year as the market sort of, I don't know if you remember, but generally the market sort of exploded out the starting blocks for the year. But we maintain that conservative positioning. So we're sitting here and we are looking and evaluating things and deciding where to start allocating cash. But we haven't done very much of that yet at all. But that's the next big decision is where do you allocate the cash? Because fundamentally, in a crash, assets get cheap. They were cheap in South Africa before the crash. They're now super cheap. In America and in Western Europe, some good quality assets are starting to get cheap and also in Asia. So now is the time to systematically apply your investment process steadily and surely and accumulate, start accumulating the assets that you want to hold for the next 10 years because you're being offered them at really good prices. Now, it might be that tomorrow the price is even better, tomorrow goes down another 10%, but I think if one looks back in five years and 10 years' time, this is a good time to start accumulating good quality assets with strong balance sheets. I have to say that I wouldn't just buy any cheap asset. I think you need to focus on assets with strong balance sheets because there's a hole in the economy happening here as a result of the coronavirus, the effect of the coronavirus. And if you are highly leveraged, it's difficult to get through this hole. But if you have a strong balance sheet, you will get through it and there will be business to be done in six months' time or nine months' time. The economy isn't going to just come to a screeching halt. It will for a few months, but it will come back again. That is human nature. You are well known as a a value or a deep value investor. Some call it a contrarian investor. I appreciate that many shares are really cheap. We've seen some significant declines of, in quotation marks, blue chip stocks in South Africa. So you haven't started buying yet, but you're looking at the moment. When do you think you will start to return to the market? Over the next three months, we will be slowly accumulating the shares that we like. I don't think there's any rush right now. But right now, what I would say, it's too late to hit the panic button, sell everything you've got. And he said, because you don't know. I mean, the market could turn around tomorrow. We don't think that's going to happen. But it might just bumble along here. Or it might give another leg down. One has no idea. One has no way of knowing what's going to happen in the future. But every chance we get from here on forward, we will be accumulating the shares we like. Those good businesses with strong balance sheets. I think that's our process, investment process. And that is what we're going to stick to. And I think in five years' time, when one looks back, that will probably turn out to be a good thing. The first crash I experienced was in the 90s uh, with the emerging market crash. And there was at the, the uh, epicenter of that crash, there was a, a desperation. There was no hope that shares would increase yes. in the short term. The same in 2008 and nine. People were just devastated. But I get a sense that many investors and and fund managers now think we could have a relatively quick recovery. Why is there a difference? I'm not sure. I have no idea what the recovery will look like. I know there is going to be a very deep hole over the next few months. As we can see from economic activity in South Africa right now, it's basically ground to halt. 
it's going to be a very tough time for the next three to six months, depending on how long this lasts, how long we have to socially distance ourselves and uh, self-quarantine, all those sort of things. Uh, I have no way of knowing how long that's going to last. What I do know is that in five years' time, we're going to be doing business. Business will be up and running again, and people will be buying clothes, they'll be buying food, they'll be buying cell phones, they'll be spending money again. That is how it works. And every time you go through a crash, things look pretty hopeless, as they do now, but, you know, it comes back again. But exactly how, is it a V-shaped recovery, L-shaped, U-shaped, uh, you know, I leave that to the economists to speculate around that. I, I have no idea. Yeah, maybe even a W-shape. But, uh, Pete, on the local market, we've seen a lot of uh, pullback, especially in financial stocks. And there are many reasons for that. Would you look at some of those uh, counters? Because some of them are really, really well-run businesses. They are. I mean, we've been very light on financials going into this. So that is one area we are looking at. I do think that bad debts are going to be a problem over the next six months or a year. But having said that, I think the banks are fairly well provisioned. And very importantly, if you look at credit growth statistics over the past three or four years, credit has not been granted hand over fist. Credit growth has been very muted, which tells me that the risks on the balance sheet of the banks probably are not huge, but they're going to take some shots over the next six months or so. But I think that is definitely one thing to look at. Another one is Cecil. Of course, one of the darlings of the JSE. It's got a weak balance sheet, but they have plans to, to bolster that balance sheet. Would you look at Cecil? No. <laughs> what other sectors do you think uh, is worth a look? I do think that the small and mid-cap industrials in South Africa are extremely cheap. And I think what's very interesting right now, and it's the first time in a long time, we're seeing two things happening. You're seeing net insider buying at a substantial level, and you're seeing buyouts and delistings. That trend is accelerating, specifically in the small and mid-cap sector of the market, which I think tells you that the insiders think that the companies they run or own parts of are very, very cheap. So that's definitely... If we go into a period, and not if we, we will be going into a tough economic period, those shares aren't going to rebound tomorrow. But I think that is, for me, the most exciting part of the market to start accumulating in over the next six months. Just lastly, Risi emerged with Counterpoint Asset Management. The merge has now been completed. Tell us, how is it going and how does the, the market currently impact that merger? Yeah, so the merger isn't completed. We started, we put the two firms together on the 1st of March. But we're still running our funds separately, and it'll take about six months for us to merge our respective funds together. The interesting thing is that when we joined forces on the 1st of March and we looked at each other's funds, they're very, very similarly positioned. So, you know, so that told us that I think we have joined up with the right partner. And we've been working together for a month, almost a month now, under very trying circumstances, and we've worked very well together. My new colleague, Sam Hooley, who leads the investment team here, is a tremendous investor, a good value investor, and it's a pleasure working with him and the rest of his team. And I think the people we brought across from RCM are also enjoying the interaction. So it's, it's actually going very, very well. And the important thing is our funds are doing relatively well in relative terms, of course. You know, we're not making money, but uh, because we're so conservative in position, both the counterpoint funds and the RCM funds, our funds are looking good right now. Will you merge some of the funds? Yes, we will merge our equity fund with their value equity fund. We'll merge our balance fund with their balance fund and our global fund with their global fund. Our global flexible fund will stay as it is because the counterpoint doesn't have a similar fund. 
So we see a money market fund will just become a counterpoint money market fund because they don't have a money market fund. What Counterpoint has, what BCM didn't have, is an enhanced income fund, which is quite popular at the moment. So that'll stay as it is. Another fund that Sam runs is the Global Owner Managed Fund, which I think has a very exciting future. That stays as it is because BCM didn't have a similar fund. So there's three funds that will be merging, and the rest of the funds will stay as well. But thank you so much for your time, and uh, good luck with these uh, volatile markets. Thank you very much, Rick, and uh, yeah, good luck to all your listeners as well. That was Pitfall Yun. He is a director of CounterPoint Asset Management.